This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. On today's edition of Finsider Radio, I recap the first day of Miami Dolphins training camp. I look at the takeaways that we found, what we can look at, what we should dismiss, and what we should keep our eyes on moving forward. It was the first day. Don't get overexcited. Don't panic. Don't overreact. But again, there are some things we can look at and try to understand what may be happening going forward. We'll review all of this and more on today's edition of Finsider Daily. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Daily. This is Matthew Kanata joining you here on this Friday morning. The Miami Dolphins open their first day of training camp under the new regime under head coach Brian Flores. And what a day it was. Obviously, the first day of training camp, you're not going to find out a whole lot. You're not going to make a ton of conclusions off of day one, if any at all. But there were some things that you could take away from day one and kind of some some things to keep your eye on moving forward. The Miami Dolphins will have another practice today starting at 9.40 a.m. going until about noontime. So for those fans coming out again, enjoy it, stay under that shade, and get ready for another day of Miami Dolphins football. The practices will continue through the weekend. Great crowd on day one. We were supposed to talk to Jason Sarney tonight, one of our guys on the ground, but he got sucked into the South Florida nightlife tonight, going out, having some fun with his friends, uh, having a few beers, going out for some wings at Bow Campers. So we're going to excuse Jason from this Finsider Daily, but what we will do is record a special episode on Friday evening and release it for you guys on Saturday morning, and that will cover the first two days of camp. 
I did talk to Jason earlier today, and we just were going to go through a few things with you that he had talked about, that he had mentioned that he thought was important to note. Before we get into all that, though, you know, I appreciate all the interaction on Twitter. You can follow me at Kanata PFN, Houts and Sutton. We released our um, main show yesterday and ran down all the position groups and talked about a few different things, the quarterback competition and so forth. If you have not listened to that, it is not too late to do so. And, of course, there were other episodes that we recorded earlier in the week as well. As I mentioned at the top of the show, there are some things to be aware of. There are some things that we need to understand. And there are some things we need to debunk as well and kind of say that, okay, listen, don't read too much into this. I saw some of this going on today uh, on the message boards on Twitter already. Hey, we're in Dolphins form already, and it's only been a two-hour practice. But that's what you love about Miami Dolphins football. That's what you love about football in general. And I know the Dolphins fans get a bad rap on Twitter for saying, oh, they're the cesspool of, of Twitter. They're, they don't know how to be a fan. But you know what, everyone? Trust me. Me running Pro Football Network, if you go on these other websites, if you go talk to these other fans, if you search their Twitter streets, they are just as bad. It's, it's a problem around the NFL. It's the fandom. Because as they all say, fan is short for fanatic. And, and we just... We just see a glimpse of it. When you really sit back to think about it, right? When you really take a step back, we get a report of two hours of practice during training camp, during the preseason. And even when the season starts, that goes down even more to about 20 minutes of practice where the reporters can only see the stretching portion. And they get the locker room tidbits, but you know the players for the most part are guarded. They're not going to give up too much. And then you see them for three hours on Sunday. So we're all trying to make these conclusions based on really no more than six hours, if that, during the week. And it's definitely not that because while a game could be three hours, a guy might be on the field for only uh, you know two quarters or whatever when you break up the offense, defense, and special teams and the possessions and so forth. And, and you, it's just crazy when you think about it, right? We're making all these assumptions, everything else. But... That's what we have to do, right? That's the information that we're giving, and we have to do the best that we can, but that's just another reminder, another precaution to take when you're looking at all this information by saying, okay, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know what the plans are, but we're going to take all this information and try to do with it as much as we possibly can. And that's going to lead us into our kind of first day recap. And, you know, talking to Jason before... He headed out for the night with his brother-in-law and his friends. He listed off five things for me. And we're going to run down these five things on, on this episode of Finsider Daily. And here's the number one thing he said. There is no quarterback competition. And the beat reporters kind of hinted at this today. We saw this during OTAs and minicamp with Fitzpatrick and Rosen battling it out. And Fitzpatrick being the guy in the lead, right? But some thought that Rosen would have several weeks to try to catch up to improve and to come into training camp and ready to go one-on-one -on -one with him. But make no mistake about it, based on the reports, based on what we saw today in the practice field, based on eyewitness reports on the ground, including Jason's, there is no quarterback competition. This is Fitzpatrick's job to lose. And all signs are pointing to him being the day one starter as he continues this trend from training camp, uh, not training camp, from mini camp and OTAs. Jason says that Fitzmagic is still a thing. His poise, 
leadership, and tutelage is invaluable for this team. For young players' development, it's especially important, even for guys like Mike Gazicki. And if you saw some photos, if you saw some reports today from the Dolphins' Twitter and some beat reporters, you would have seen a picture of Fitzpatrick talking to Gazicki on the side and kind of walking through a few things. Laramie Tunsil was also asked about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I read this quote, it made me want to run through a wall. Here's what he said. He's a leader for sure, and everybody looks up to him when he steps in the huddle. One thing he says is, give me your eyes, and everyone looks and listens. He has that leadership, and everybody respects that. I mean, when you have a guy like that, right, and commanding that type of leadership in the huddle, and there were rumors and rumblings and whispers about Ryan Tannehill not being able to command that type of leadership in the huddle, in the locker room. So already that's a huge improvement. And when you got guys like Tunsil saying, who's a four-year veteran in this league, saying, all right, this guy Fitzpatrick, he's been around for 14, 15 years, whatever it might be, and he's going to come into this huddle and demand my respect. That is, that is great. That is going to get you to the next step, and especially on a team that is installing a new offense with a first-year head coach. Dolphins went after Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater decided to stay in New Orleans. They wanted Terod Taylor. Terod Taylor did not come to Miami. It's fine. This may be the best thing. And yes, while Fitzpatrick is not a long-term starter for the course of the season, because defenses always figure him out, he is, in my opinion, what this team needs at this time. And we will see this continue, obviously, throughout the rest of the training camp. But again, this appears to be Ryan Fitzpatrick's job to lose. Jason also said a, a large amount of private work relative to the two-hour time frame. Was Ryan Fitzpatrick and Mike Jazicki working on the corner fade in the end zone? And we saw some reports on that, both Rosen and Fitzpatrick laying some nice targets in there. Some nice little drops into that sweet spot of the receiver where only they can catch it. So it appears that Fitzpatrick spent some time extensively on that with Jasicki alone out of the red zone deployment, which we will most likely see as we head into the regular season. And the thing about Mike Jasicki is he made some acrobatic catches today in the first day, or not today, but as I'm recording today on Thursday, but in the first day of training camp. He's always been that athletic freak. Let's not forget that. He was an athletic freak at Penn State. He didn't lose it in the NFL in his first season. We know that tight ends normally struggle year one anyways. Travis Kelsey struggled. They all struggled. O.J. Howard struggled. Tony Gonzalez struggled. Okay? But we all know that Mike Jasicki was not used the right way either in year one. He was asked to block a lot, and that's not a specialty. If this coaching staff can get him to go in the right direction and use him the right way... Mike Jazicki will be lethal on the field. And I'm so excited to see it because I do truly believe this coaching staff will learn how to use him. Another thing that Jason had mentioned is Rashad Jones came into that private session between Fitzpatrick and Jazicki and provided some defensive inputs. And this doesn't get reported, and I didn't see it reported. But Rashad Jones, there was a lot of talk about him sitting out of OTAs and mini cams and that being a uh, red flag for people and people were upset about that we don't know the story behind it we don't know what conversations went on but to see that to hear that that Rashad Jones 
is being that leader, is jumping in, is providing defensive input to offensive players. That is a great sign that you want to see, and that is certainly a carryover from the top where Brian Flores asks his leaders and his veterans to do whatever it takes to get the message across and to be that kind of person who's going to take the younger guys under their belts and really help them along the way. Jason's very high on Chandler Cox. And he says to me, the legend of Chandler Cox is born. And Jason says he is claiming the delivery of the baby. Yes, he says, this is my claim. I am so excited about Chandler Cox. And I think everybody else should be as well. This is a guy who was drafted late in the draft. And he is going to be in that fullback position that we believe. Leading the way for guys like Kalen Balaj and Kenyon Drake and more on those guys in just a few minutes. But I am so excited about the fullback position. I've talked about this on the earlier edition of Finsider Radio this week. We talked about it on the flagship station on Finsider Radio that came out on Thursday morning. And I'm going to keep talking about it. And when it happens during the season, I'm going to talk about it more and more and more. Because I love fullbacks. Whenever I play Madden, I get a fullback. That's the very first thing. One of the first things I do. And they are on the field leading the way for my running backs. And that is exactly what this team needs, especially if they're going to play ball control and rely on their defense to keep them in most games. Interesting point, though. Jason also says Cox was working with the tight ends. So we can see Cox line up at that spot or go out into the flats and work in the receiving area there. Or we may see a little bit of what we did last year, what the Dolphins did last year with Nick O'Leary, putting the tight ends in the fullback position and kind of working the two like that. So it's interesting that Cox didn't always exclusively work with the running backs, but instead he worked with the tight ends, presumably for blocking and so forth. But that is something to keep an eye on to see how this Dolphins team may be deploying Cox in the offense. And number five, Jason says, if Alan Hearns is not a Dolphin, it's because Preston Williams will be. Or if both are, watch out because someone is not making the team. We've heard a lot about Preston Williams. And it sounds like he, maybe not impressed, but was solid today. And the only reason why Preston Williams dropped was because of the domestic violence uh, charges against him. Dolphins giving him a second chance. And it looks like he may be ready to take advantage of that opportunity. Ended up being an undrafted free agent. And if he didn't, if he had a clean record, some say he would have gone maybe as high as late second round and the third round. So if the Dolphins can get this guy to, one, live a good life out off the field, that's the most important part, but two, be that football player that many thought he could be going into the draft without these charges, they may have gotten themselves a steal. And about the wide receivers, other guys making an impact, no surprise, Devontae Parker being a star during training camp. His problem has always been translating that to regular season games because every year we hear the same thing, that DVP is dominating. But this is good because he carried it over from OTAs and minicamp, which he was dominating there as well. So as long as this trend continues, maybe, just maybe, he's turned a corner. I said a few minutes ago we'll talk about Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balaj. And Kalen Balaj opened up training camp with the ones, got the first snap at the running back position. And immediately I saw fantasy football experts going a little bit wild and starting to panic just a little bit. Relax. It's the first day of training camp. 
Getting that first snap means absolutely nothing. Nothing. Because you know what? Later in practice, Kenyon Drake got the first snap of one of the team drills. And it's going to be like this. And we know that Chad O'Shea and the Patriots and their coaching philosophy relies on numerous running backs. Very rarely in the NFL these days do you see a team with a running back that is just the main running back. You saw last year with Christian McCaffrey, but this year the Panthers are saying they're going to mix him in and out to preserve him. You've seen it with Todd Gurley. Now he's injured. They're going to be on a running back by committee approach. You look at other guys, like the Cowboys, yes, they have Zeke. There's no running back by committee there. But for the most part, I would say 8 out of 10 or 7 out of 10 teams in the NFL have a running back by committee approach. And it's not going to be any different in Miami. And as I've said plenty of times, I envision it like the Patriots do. Sonny Michelle, that's Kalen Balage. James White, that's Kenyon Drake. Rex Burkhead, that's Chandler Cox. And I'll be interested to see how that plays out. But I do believe they will be heading in that direction as they try to get that three-headed monster going because they certainly have the talent to do so. It's just a matter of staying true to it. Another thing that people may be getting a little in a fizzy about is Rayquan McMillan not getting snaps to start with the ones. And maybe they, they deserve to be in a fizzy on this because we know Raekwon is not great in pass coverage. Against the run is a different story. So if in the nickel, which the Dolphins opened up in today or Thursday, if in that formation it sounds like Raekwon may not be a part of that. Instead, it'll be Kiko and Jerome Baker, which probably should be anyways. Early downs, when they're in a three-linebacker formation, the 4-3 or the 3-4 if they do that as well, We'll see Raekwon on the field. But it looks like in nickel spots, dime spots, well, it looks like in nickel spots, Raekwon will be out. Dime spots, I'm going to say Kiko's out because Jerome Baker was calling out the plays as the, as the uh, lead linebacker today and as that guy leading the defense. And we heard Jerome in the offseason say that he knew plays were wrong last year but didn't say anything because he just went with the flow because he was new and thought that's just the way it kind of went. This year he said he's more dedicated to getting the play right. More not really dedicated because he got the play right last year, but he's going to be more conscious of it if guys are lining up in the wrong spots and he's going to be more vocal about it as well because he is more confident about his approach to the game and his understanding of the defense, although it's a new one, but still you're in the NFL. you got a year under your belt. You, gain, you played well, so you're going to gain some respect. Again, lots to unpack after the first day, but no real conclusions can be drawn based off the very first practice. You can have takeaways like we did today. You can mark things to monitor. You can check those boxes off and see who's doing what and who's playing where and what it might mean for the future. But again, the main point of training camp is to develop, is to learn. And as head coach Brian Flores says, to improve each and every day. The Miami Dolphins will continue to do that as they move forward during these training camp practices, as they lead up to their scrimmage game next weekend, and as they lead up to their first preseason game in just a few weeks, and then again as they face the Baltimore Ravens in week one. We'll have a special edition of Finsider Daily on Saturday morning. 
We will be talking to Jason Sarney, who will give us our first two days of recap, who provided our tips tonight for us, and is going to give us the rundown of what training camp was like. For those of us who may not have been able to be there, he's going to talk about the environment, just the atmosphere, the tempo, compared to previous years as well. That's going to do it on this edition of Finsider Daily. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Kanata PFN, C-A-N-N-A-T-A, PFN for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and updates, and of course all the latest around the NFL as well. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins.